At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I text you from the airport with the question, how do you practice love? I answer almost immediately with one word, deliberately. Three thousand miles separate Rasham Mantri and Carvel Wallace. Rasham lives in Brooklyn and Carvel in Oakland. They're both writers, and they had both lived a lot of life before they met. They'd each gotten married, and they'd had kids, and then those marriages ended. They first met at a dinner party in 2019 in Brooklyn. Carvel was there with his daughter. On the way home from that party, we're walking back to this like hotel that we're staying at, and my daughter goes, oh, I think there's something between you and that lady. <laughs> After that evening came a series of DMs and then texts, and a long-distance correspondence emerged. That first phone call we had, we talked for like hours. Um, hours. And you asked me to tell you my story. And I asked you for your story. And we, from that first conversation, we started telling each other who we were. They were both in their 40s, and they were both feeling the need for something to shift when it came to love. So early on, when Carvel texted Rasham that question, How do you practice love? And Rasham responded with that one word, Deliberately. It was the beginning of a pact between them. They agreed to approach this new love with intention, to interrogate the lessons they'd internalized about love and do this relationship differently. They didn't promise each other forever. They didn't promise monogamy. They still live on opposite coasts with no plans to live in the same place. They see each other as much as they can, but most of their relationship happens on the phone and over text and video chat. This month on the show, Rasham and Carvel let us in. They shared their daily love letters and recordings to each other. These little time capsules of the beautiful moments and the hard ones, too. It's the 11th, and we present Love with Rachel Mantri and Carvel Wallace. Um, <clears throat> I'm at the lake right now. Um... I decided to walk the lake, which is not a thing I do as much as I probably should. But I felt off kilter all day today, not really focused on work. 
supposed to go to the gym, but am I really going to go to the gym? Let's keep it 100. Probably not. It's like I did the dishes. That felt like enough. I'm experiencing a lot of loneliness. Anyway, um, I thought through everything that I possibly could do to feel better. I was like, should I just spend the day playing video games? No. Should I go, like, hang out with someone? Maybe, like, like hook up with someone, have sex or something like that? No, I don't really feel in the mood for that right now. Seems like a lot of work. I could just do that alone. Why would I involve another person in that? And then the, <laughs> the only thing I could really land on was, oh, I think I'm just going to walk around the lake and just, like, keep moving my body until I feel differently. And um, right now, it started off raining and kind of cold, but I didn't really care. And now I've reached the other side of the lake, and all the rain is to the north and the sun is to the south and the west and these tremendous sun rays are landing on me and all the ducks and geese and the occasional heron um, are all like in the water and it's just like this wildly beautiful moment I do feel better I do feel like I can be a person again. I think I just needed to exorcise, not exercise, but exorcise, I guess, to make space for something else. Maybe feelings for you. <laughs> anyway, I love you. Here comes a jogger. <laughs> this person is running on FaceTime and I, I, I respect it. I respect the hustle. All right, bye. As I drive out to my perhaps first solo trip ever for a few days in Orient Point, Long Island, you call me back and I'm still... 2.5 years in, kind of thrilled when I hear from you. You are walking around the lake. I'm driving in mostly silence. And we are listening to each other breathe. I imagine what you are wearing as you walk and how cute you look. I'm half listening to what sounds like a woman start up a conversation with you about your shirt. She likes it and asks you what it says. You tell her it says, Wu-Tang is for the children. Then she begins a whole incoherent dialogue about something at a speed and style that makes me think she's high. Hearing each other out there in the world, interacting with people who think you are alone, feels like closing in on an impossible distance, one that being in the same physical space could never afford us. All the hours we spend on the phone trying to make up the distance means that we hear so much of each other's lives. It's closer than I have ever come to knowing what someone's life might look like who isn't me. I think I do the same for you. The way you are with me right now is that you are not with me and your absence feels like a presence. 
You've said goodbye to me in the last 24 hours twice, and both times it felt like you were doing something shitty at me, even though you weren't, even though you just had to go. I want you. And I don't necessarily want to hear you say nice things, though nice things are great. I just want to be in your presence, sharing your heat, hearing your breathing, the tap of your fingers on your phone screen, the small comments you half mumble about how dumb everything is when you're scrolling. I want to be in your presence. And I can't be. And honestly, it makes me kind of annoyed with you. Like it's, like your, it's your fault, fault somehow. somehow. Um, I wanted to read this first thing in the morning because I... Uh, I just getting this letter, this first letter reminds me of, I don't know, it's, I don't know how, but it's still like every text message and message I get from you still feels um, kind of thrilling. Um, whatever you do with your feelings of <laughs> resentment about our distance, like I never feel that towards me. I just like never do. Our thing really only works because we, we've just already shown each other that um, we can exist in exactly how we are. And I don't know if that, you know, besides I feel like my mom <laughs> and my sister and my kids, this is like one of the few relationships like that where um, I feel like I can I can show up as my true self. Um, that was one of the things that reading your letter made me feel. I love. <laughs> I love it when you're really goofy on the phone and you sing everything that you do. The way you walk. <laughs> it's like annoying, but I never wanted to stop. The way you smell, the care you take with your hair, your clothes, your beard, your skin, all of that feels like I am watching you love yourself. This is so stupid, but I love it when you make food and watch like a dumb show on my Hulu account. I love how you and your kids rap every single word of a song. <laughs> like that you guys have memorized and then the feeling of like utter pride you both have afterwards. I also love the way you eat especially crab or chicken. Like the joy that you take. It makes me so happy to see you just really go for it. I really love your voice. I think anytime you have what you want it makes me happy. Resham, it's uh, Christmas Day. I am in a town called East Marion where I rented a house for myself and I'm by this 
private beach. Um, it's on the bay side, and the dogs are running around on the beach. Um, and it's like gray and misty, and the beach is small and rocky, and uh, I'm just like contemplating, I guess, being alone on a day that um, a lot of people are with family and friends, and I chose to do this trip alone because the opportunity arose where I could do something like this because my ex is taking the kids on a trip and uh, it's drizzling and it's actually it is what I wanted and um, but sometimes when you get the things you want they're they're more complex and <laughs> uh, then you could have imagined, but um, I'm going to sign off. I am sitting in the middle of a failed Christmas. My son is quarantined because his best friend tested positive, and this means that I have been alone in my apartment for what seems like the 100th day in a row. I'm also avoiding people because I don't want to put you at risk when I come see you tomorrow. I woke up this morning knowing that depression would absolutely take me if I was not careful. I talked on the phone with my cousin, I called a friend, I ordered noodles and bought eggnog, I spent an hour on the phone with my son talking about 90s movies, another hour with another friend talking about breakups and pie recipes, and when all else failed, I made an Instagram reel of me dancing to CNC Music Factory. <laughs> it immediately changed my mood, and from some of the messages I got from other people, I think it changed theirs too. The hard thing is that there is no amount of closeness with you that is close enough. We could be on the phone all day, send each other a million text messages, songs, and memes, and still we are alone from each other. When we are not fighting, I feel a kind of euphoria that comes from being liked by someone that you like back. And when we are fighting, I feel like I don't care about the fight. I just want my buddy back, the person I send memes to and crack jokes with. I made that video for you. I knew you wouldn't be able to stop watching it. I made it for my ex-wife, who I know is having a really hard day. I made it for all of us, a public performance of goofy dancing to remind us that we can still laugh and be wholesome and have a good time, even though there is so much against that. I think sometimes that is what I like doing in our love, using it as a space to remember that we can be happy even when we don't want to. I think sometimes that is what I like doing in our love. Using it as a space to remember that we can be happy even when we don't want to be. I'm sitting with that last sentence. Um, I It's 3.42 a.m., and I thought, well, it's, it's the next day, so I can 
I can read your email. I love just reading what you write. I like watching your videos. I like watching you be goofy. I like watching you be sexy. I like all the videos that you take. I felt like I spent Christmas with you a little bit today, even though we are in very different places. It was a really nice day. And uh, you were part of that. Um, your dancing video was part of that. The distance feels the worst, the hardest, when we fight. I just don't like to use the word fight. I feel like we're always on some situation where there's potential for conflict. I have so much history with that word. We actually get a lot done through conflict, me and you. In the shitty conversation we had two days ago, we spoke about our bodies moving through the world. I don't know why we don't just call it a fight. Like, it's a fight. I mean, you love to fight. Sometimes I feel this anger, this resentment rise up in my body, and it's like it just needs to escape. Sometimes I feel this fear that you're going to leave me. I hear it in your voice. And it makes me... I can feel it. Like pull away from you. Even over the phone. But I, I know on some level that the fight isn't really about me. And it's not about you. It's not even really about us. It's usually never about what you have done, but what has been done to me in other places by other people. I really love how we say honest things in moments of conflict. I want to be my full self with you. And saying exactly how I feel is a way that I love you. It gives me a tremendous amount of trust in you and faith in you. And it makes me really attracted to you. Like, really attracted to you. I love that first laugh. I'll crack a joke. The one that breaks the tension. But only when I can feel that you're ready. It feels good to laugh. I love when we return to each other. We keep returning to each other. At least for now. After the break, Carvel and Rasham reunite. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What'd you say? I'm so late. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I already, I had, I had my feelings about it, but fortunately, I have plenty of time to work through my feelings about it. Oh, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> We're together. It's the end of December 2021. It's winter, and it's not as cold as it should be. <laughs> because of global warming. We're out almost at the tip of the North Fork of Long Island. The sun is like setting super early. We only have a little bit of daylight. I'm ready to go. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. (laughs) You have something poking poking at your pocket. I thought it was going to be much matter. Reuniting with you. I think about... When I think about returning to you... Being all up in your eyelashes. I think about those awkward first moments when we can't look at each other. (laughs) I think about... I like when we're driving and you put your hand on my knee. I like when we're lying in bed and all of your limbs are wrapped around me. And it's like almost too much like I can barely breathe (laughs) but I like it I like you in the morning a lot (laughs) you are I don't know I feel like I see a side of you that like nobody else sees and that's really nice you're like undone and I like that anyway just know that I I felt bad well that's good I I wanted you to feel bad (laughs) mission accomplished (laughs) I'm turning this off. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Probably gonna have sex now. Bye.
It's really early in the morning on New Year's Eve. And I have a plane to catch. I wake up to the sound of you... My daughter gets mad if I don't spend New Year's Eve with her. ...gathering your things to go to the airport. It's hard to leave because I want you to come with me. I want you to be with my whole family, my kids and your kids. I want everyone to be together. I just... um, I get really quiet... There's really nothing more to say. I mean, leaving you doesn't get easier because each trip, it's like, oh, this is the best trip we've ever had. Like, this was the one. The last thing you do is come over to me in the bed and hold me. We hold each other. careful because all of my valuables are in this car <laughs> but it's chill because we're just talking but I are they are they are they gonna put Mira's burp in the podcast yeah. I mean I feel like that's that's pretty good material Mira's burp but but it how were both of your days at school like how Good. What? Good. It was good? That's that's all you want to... Just good? Mm-hmm. Sue, how was your day? Fine, I guess. Fine, I guess? <laughs> A day late, but I'm here. I feel like the last few days since you left have been difficult. You left early Friday morning. My kids came back late the night before. Only last night did I start to feel human again. Capable again. But that's mostly because it was the first night that my eight-year-old didn't scream herself to sleep. She was with her dad for a week. We were all adjusting to coming back to each other. She is a highly emotional and powerful child. When the eight-year-old struggles, often there isn't much I can do but wait it out. There is a rage she must express. That has everything and nothing to do with me. I have tried intervening, loving her, holding her, giving her ice cream. Nothing works until it's done. While I wait, my relationship to my own body is strange. I can only lay on my bed. I can't cry. I'm on highest alert, but I've also given up. My body is both things. After it's over, I cannot move to take off my clothes, brush my teeth, deal with the kitchen. The most loving thing I can do for myself is just lay there. So usually I do. Sometimes my 12-year-old will crawl into bed and lay with me. You don't see so much of this side of us. We all perform, I think, when you are with us. That's how taken we all are with you. The days my youngest was struggling, I struggled too. 
Sometimes I often think I hold it way longer than they do. I felt deep shame in my body for being unable to do my job as a mother, for letting her down, for perhaps revealing myself to be no better than my father's rage. From the moment of birth, we are moving away from each other. It's a continual grief. I'm going to try and keep this brief. The first reaction I have is that you are such a tremendously good writer. Like it is really something to me. Like what a tremendously good writer you are. I also want to tell you that your work is valuable. The work that you're doing here on love and the body and on parenting is really powerful. So I just want to say that I want to get that off, off the thing. Um, Your writing picked a lot of trauma that I've been trying to keep together. I'm almost trying to keep shit together or because um, I don't want to, you know, the body I'm in, this like black man, it's like big black body. It's like, if I start losing it, people are really like, whoa, what the fuck? And I just, so I have to like pick and choose my spots to lose it. The work that I'm doing, sometimes I feel like I'm just waiting in these dark, painful spaces. And I'm just like, what am I doing this for? Um, so I'm trying hard to like stay. I've been, this is another situation in which I've been holding a lot together over the past couple of days, writing this fucking Trayvon Martin piece. It's supposed to be 1,500 words and I have 2,100 words and the, the thesis is fuck this country and fuck you. That's basically all I have and I cannot file that. And so I'm, I'm holding a lot in right now. And then my daughter, who we've talked about this, has breakdowns and it's, it's, um, it's amazing. It's like, it's, it's wild. And she did it again last night and... I feel so overwhelmed and um, that what you d described about laying in the bed and not and not being able to let it go when the kids have let it go and not being able to like brush your teeth or do the dishes, feeling like you don't even really exist, like you are and are not a person after a thing like that. And the shame that comes from being a parent to a child who has like lost it like that. I just, I just... I think you're right about everything. There's not a thing that you wrote that I don't think you're like wildly <laughs> accurately correct about. I, the thing that we do in love um, probably does have a lot to do with making space for the other person to be in touch with their grief. We live in such a traumatized world that love is not, can't just be a thing where two people get together and then enjoy the fluttering of butterflies and the arc of rainbows. It's like 
that can't happen when you finally find love in this world. You have to spend a lot of time grieving everything that's been done to you because you finally have a space to do it. And that's what's hard about sustaining love. Yeah, I think that's it. So today I'm really just sitting with what you have told me and and you're right. There's like not, I can't understand what it is to be you. I can't understand what it is to have to write that piece that you're working on or anything like that. Um, I have my experiences, which are mine, but I can like sit and listen. And I can like notice how, as our relationship goes on, you're kind of letting me into these uncomfortable, like painful places and um, I think that's like, for me, one of the deepest forms of love. And I'm honored to to be able to like sit with um, what you share with me, what you let me into. I don't, I don't think I can do anything with it beyond just like, listen. But I hope that knowing that like I am here like willing to do that feel makes it feel like a little less of um of a burden to carry alone i dreamt last night that you broke up with me you were on your way to do a charity event and you called me and told me that you needed to move on from this and that you had gotten everything you needed from this relationship it felt inevitable In the dream, I told someone that I knew eventually you'd do that. You had, in fact, been warning me from the beginning that this might happen. I have come to accept its possibility, both within the dream and also within the real world. After I woke up, it took me minutes to be sure that you hadn't actually left. It took me hours, really. It has taken me all day. My day was clouded by that feeling. I woke up feeling like I needed to remind myself that I might be without you, terrified of what it would mean to forget that. Remembering all the times you've told me that you might need to leave me in order to find something that you need to find. I walked in search of a farmer's market that wasn't there. I walked until my feet blistered. I cried. I wore a new hairstyle. I felt cute. I missed you. I bought a ton of vegetables. I baked a cake. I talked with my daughter's boyfriend about life. I gave her a hug even though she has COVID and is isolated in her room and no one is supposed to hug her. I hugged her because I knew she was missing it. I hugged her because I needed a hug. Sometimes you have to go away from me, and it makes me feel sad. Sometimes it feels like every person is a poor imitation of you. Sometimes that scares me because I wonder what I'll do about that 
when or if you have to leave. It's nice telling you what has happened to me and hoping that you'll understand. When or if we ever live closer than 3,000 miles apart, I'm not sure that I'd want or need to write love letters to you, or that I'd need to receive them. I think I have a pretty healthy imagination, but honestly, I can't imagine our love in long-term proximity to each other. What we could be feels endless, and also all the ways we could not be, the ways we could end. That also feels endless. I have done this kind of imagining before with other lovers. I've put myself on imaginary beaches with unborn children or imaginary grocery shopping, dreamy, unreal dinner parties with that Instagram-worthy collection of cool friends. As of late, I have paused on imagining our love into the future. And I think it's because I am in a practice of gratitude for what we do have. I think I got caught up with you in the past, thinking about future summers together, whether you wanted me to come out with my kids, whether it was too much for you. Then I would get my feelings hurt because you said or didn't say something about plans that I hadn't explicitly made clear to you that I even wanted. It's often embarrassing to admit the Disney origins of my hetero dreams, but I can admit, I think I wanted you to be a prince character who made grand gestures and whisked me away in your arms for the summer. I hope this for myself. If I feel it would be cool and dope to spend a summer in Oakland with my kids, hanging out with you and others, I'll ask if you're interested. If you say no because of X reasonable reason, I'll pull myself together and make some other plans. Because that's the kind of grown-up I think I want to be. I want for us to truly both be free. So... I think imagination about the future... Imagining a future with you... I like to wear it like a loose garment. I tend to not do it. It can comfort me in times of stress. But when it starts to bring me anxiety or fear, like, oh, I really have to have this thing and maybe it won't happen. Femmes like myself have long been afflicted by small imaginations when it comes to the lives we can live. Then I have to put it down. I have to take it off. The kinds of relationships we can have with men, women, humans, trees, animals, water. I love how we love each other because it requires no future. I love you. It requires a recognition of the past and what we have learned. I love you. But mostly, we are present, which I'm realizing more and more is the actual dream of loving someone. I love you. I hope, I hope we don't sleep on I love yous. Such a simple phrase, way played out, super dated, just very 
you know, basic, basic content, but still the shit really hits right. <laughs> I love you. I love you. It's like winning a lottery to love someone. <laughs> I love you. What a thing. Like, what a thing to say over and over again. Uh, I'm a weirdo. I really am. I love me too, actually, since we're at it. I'm going to end it there. This is The Eleventh. Today's episode was written by Rasham Montri and Carvel Wallace. This episode was produced by me, Chloe Persinos. Production support from Kristen Torres. We were edited by Leela Day. Editorial support from Josh Gwynn, Max Linsky, and Eric Menel. Fact-checking by Isabel Cristo. Sound design, mixing, and engineering by Hannes Brown. Original music by H. Hunt and Cooked by Raj. Additional music courtesy of Marmoset. Our head of sound and engineering is Raj Makija. Episode art by Jonathan Konda. Visuals and marketing by Grace Chen, Moira Curran, Hadim Dang, Kurt Courtney, and Meredith Rice. Legal services for Pineapple Street by Crystal Tupja at Odyssey. The executive producers at Pineapple Street are Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss Berman. Our executive editor is Joel Lovell. Thanks for listening to The 11th.